Want to advertise your business in a cost-effective way? It's time to give podcast advertising a try. Research shows a high rate of podcast listeners made a purchase as a result of an ad they heard on a podcast. Visit podbean.com slash brands to launch a cost-effective podcast advertising campaign in minutes. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N dot com slash brands. gruesome this is episode 23 i am meg and my co-host captain sarcastic alias connie is gonna tell us all about andy castillo yeah so full disclosure i started researching for this week's case and i was going to cover a completely different case and i'm still gonna cover the case and i'm not gonna say it because i'm gonna surprise you guys with it here (laughs) soon and there's a reason you were going to cover the other case, but then this one. Yeah, and it all yeah, and honestly, you'll see, all of it ties in. Everything ties in. There's a method to my madness. So I came across this Andy Castillo case and I was looking for statistics in cyberstalking. And so I came across this guy and you know, nothing gets me hot and bothered like a case that could be solved with good old-fashioned DNA evidence. <laughs> like just She's like, yes, there it is. You are obviously there. Yes. It's even better when it's like 20 years after the fact. You're just like, yes. Take that. How bizarre. So (laughs) without further ado, we're going to get into it. In July of 2003, around 7 a.m., a mother with her young daughter in the car saw something in the distance and they were like, hmm, is that real? Like, what is that? I mean, we've all seen on the side of the road the rolled up mattresses, the bags of trash. And if you listen to true crime, you're like, that's body parts. There's body in there. So they immediately called 911 and the police confirmed that what the mother and daughter found was the body of a young woman who was naked from the waist down and she had been strangled. Whoa. Was Was she wrapped up in something? Was she in a bag? No, they saw her in the distance. Like they Okay. So like they the were just shape. Like, yeah, like the that's shape. That's a of weird a looking thing out there. Yeah, exactly. So the the body was identified as Cynthia Joanne Palacio, a 21-year-old suspected sex worker. She had been sexually assaulted and her body had been left on the side of the road outside of Lubbock, Texas. She left behind a two-year-old daughter. And her mother, Rosa Palacio, described her as a kind-hearted woman who was full of life, loved to dance, laugh, and party, and that her two-year-old daughter was her top priority. Rosa said that she could not imagine why anyone would want to harm her daughter. DNA evidence was found in, at first it was listed as an unknown dried substance on her thigh, which... Ew. We know, know what it, it is. We know what it is. And again, it, when you watch this, you'll you'll see the facial, the facial. What is that called? Back and forth. The faces back and forth that we're making. Sorry, I, my brain froze. So there was the DNA evidence found in the dried unknown substance in her thigh, under her nails, on her necklace, and on her shirt. There were no developments in her case for an entire year. The case went completely cold. They had mentioned that there were tire tracks that were 
probably like a heavy duty truck, but that was like the extent of it. The DNA didn't hit. Like, no, there was nothing. In Lubbock, Texas, is this like so desert out- Texas? Lubbock itself is not like rural. I mean, there's obviously like it's rural around there, but it's like northern Texas. Yeah, it's close to that little like whoop that goes over the top. I drove through that once when I went on um, Highway 40. And that is the worst part of Texas to drive through. It was incredibly boring. Well, there you have it. Lubbock. (laughs) Lubbock, Texas. Sorry. Go on. (laughs) Boring to drive through. So we're going to fast forward almost a year to April 19th, 2004. The body of another woman was found abandoned on the side of the road outside of Lubbock, Texas. The woman was found strangled with blunt force trauma to her head. And again, the body was found nude from the waist down with with signs of sexual trauma. The woman was identified as 21-year-old Linda Trevino Carbajal. The crazy thing, she was Cynthia's roommate. Ooh, weird. They were, yeah, they were born in the same month of the same year. She also left behind a daughter. The police oh, confirmed was hers, was that- Was hers too also? No, it doesn't say. Okay. <laughs> the police confirmed that the same tire tracks belonging to the heavy-duty truck were at both crime scenes. But other than that, no leads. Both women were described as reluctant sex workers, which like they just needed to pay some bills. Yeah, and I guess like there's a there's like the metropolitan area that's around there, and then there's oil fields. So like sex work is very prominent in that area, or at least in two thousand like three and two thousand four it was. I can't speak to how it is right now because I don't obviously I didn't even know where Lubbock was. So I found a lot more information on Linda than I did Cynthia. Her mom has done numerous interviews since her death. And the most eerie thing I've come across is there's an interview from Linda herself that I was able to watch. And it literally hairs on the back of my neck sit up. So she was interviewed by the local station KCBD. They were doing a story on sex workers. And they interviewed her while she was in jail in what was her 39th time being arrested for sex work um sex work and drugs okay and like other petty crimes and she was 21 yeah whoo yeah all right okay girl what it's your life (laughs) so this was on november 13th 2002 literally one year and five months before she was murdered during this interview she says it started back when i was 11 years old My mother was taken to prison, so I kind of went wild there. You know, lots of kids get out of school and they go play with their friends. I would just get out of school, go home, and do what I learned and what I was taught to. So I started using drugs, and from the drugs, I went to the streets. I was smoking dope, selling dope, you know, just trying to keep myself going. Last time, I was incarcerated for seven months, and I was out for three days before I was right back in. And it broke my heart. Because outside of this case, this is a cycle that we see and not even in like true crime, but all over. You get into that cycle of addiction and the need to hustle, sell drugs and do sex work. And it's, it's a tough cycle to break. And it's really heartbreaking when cases like this. So she goes on to say this about sex work. She said, it's very dangerous. I ask myself sometimes why. I'm surprised I'm alive to this day. I've been through a lot. I've had my friends killed in front of me. I've seen a lot. She ends by saying, I really want to better myself, not only for me, but for my daughter and my grandmother, because life is too short. 
I heard that and I got chills because it was a year later and she was murdered. Life really is too short. Yeah. That's yeah. This girl had no idea how right she was. And it, uh, my heart just breaks. Her mom gave an interview afterwards where she was saying that she believed that Linda had seen who murdered Cynthia, but this, I I don't think that's what she was referring to when she did the interview because the timelines don't match up. But they were roommates, so her mom was convinced that she knew who did it. And that Linda started coming into her bed at night prior to being murdered because she said that she felt like death was at her doorstep and that death was coming for her. And she just had the feeling that it was. She was going to her mom's bed? or Yeah, she lived with her mom. Oh, She lived with her mom. So So did the roommate live with them both? No, this is after Cynthia had been murdered. Oh, okay. Okay, I gotcha. So they were roommates. And then after Cynthia was murdered, she lived with her mom. And then that's when she was going into her mom's room. The cases of Cynthia and Linda went cold. There were suspects named, including infamous serial killer Samuel Little. I'm sure that rings a bell to a lot of our listeners. He was in Lubbock around the time of both girls' murdered murders, and he has claimed – I mean, everyone knows about Samuel Little. He said he's responsible for like over 93 murders, and police have legitimately connected him to 60. But although he was known to be in the area during that time, he wasn't connected. DNA evidence, like it didn't match. There were gang members and other pimps, I should say. They're so – Easy I know pimp is that. the worst word. I hate that word so <laughs> much, and I hate to say it. I hate how it's like commandeered to like mean something cool or yeah, have that idea, and it's not cool at no. all. It's the worst. Yeah. No. I hear you. So they would be randomly brought in for questioning, but no one was ever formally charged with the murders. Ugh. Hate to see it. Yeah, hate to see it. And Linda's mom swore it was like a gang member, like she had named different ones in different interviews, but they had DNA evidence and it was never linked. I didn't see a lot from Cynthia's mom after the fact. There was the one quote I found describing her as a person and that was pretty much it. Her mom did not seek out any interviews or anything like that. So the cases went officially cold and police would report on the um, cases periodically I found articles throughout the years where police would urge the public to like look at family members and friends, like anyone who may have seen something or knew something, and like they would just urge them to come forward, but the public remained silent. No one was ever arrested or brought to justice for the murders of Cynthia Palacio and Linda Trevino Carbajal. So we're going to fast forward 17 years. Oh my gosh. So like that last year? year? Oh, this year? Okay. This year. Well, 2020. I still consider this 2020 because we're so fresh into 2021. <laughs> it's almost April. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. So a few days before Christmas in 2019, Detective Joseph Scamarucci from the McLennan County Sheriff's Office received information from a local real estate agent that she had been receiving explicit text messages from an unknown number soliciting sex and describing sexual acts that the person wanted to do to her. Real estate is scary to me. Not only for having to put yourself out there because that's like talking to a lot of people that like you don't know. But you're also like going into like empty houses with that. Yeah. There was I a murder in thought camp. of that. Yeah, there's a murder in Canada that I'm sure we'll cover at some point where that's exactly what happened. The real estate, like she went into to show a house and she was murdered. What? Yes. And um, 
you have to, I mean, I know tons of realtors. I'm sure you know tons of realtors. Their phone numbers are everywhere. Their pictures are everywhere. Yeah, because that's how they make their money. That's how they, you know, you want to be easily accessible because that's how you make your money. You're not going to be a successful, successful realtor if you don't ever put yourself out there. That's, that's not the career for you. Oof. Yeah. Soon, the sheriff's departments in Waco and Lubbock were receiving similar claims, expanding to the person finding the realtors on Facebook and other social media, taking pictures of the kids that they had posted, and sending them to realtors, and also describing sexual acts that they wanted to do on the realtor's children. Ew. Yeah. What fudge is wrong with people? Yeah. I hate it. It would be determined that these claims spanned over 10 states. Arizona, California, Florida, Louisiana, Nevada, Washington, Washington, D.C. I know that's not a state, but, you know, it's its own little district. New York, South Carolina, then obviously Texas. But after the investigation... From the same number? But wait. (laughs) Um, I'll get to that in just a second. Um, After the investigation, they were saying it could span across across 22 states, there were over 110 realtors who had these similar claims. The person would use an app that masked the phone number for text messages. But as I always say, yeah, it didn't say which app it was. I'm assuming that's probably because they don't want to advertise. The sheriff's department doesn't want to be like, hey, you can use this app and harass people. Yeah, no one will know your phone number, but we all know the kind of apps that they are. Yeah. But like I always say, I love a dumb criminal because they slipped up didn't mask their phone number once, and they got busted. Yeah. And before I go into- You can't text like a hundred different realtors and not be like, oh no. You can't describe like lewd acts with a child, their child that you're like stealing pictures from. And you're going to get caught because when you're spanning all of these states, like fun fact, if you're in one state doing it in different states, guess what it becomes? Federal cases. Federal. You know- So before I go into more details about how he got busted, I have to say one of the most badass responses that ever heard a sheriff make. I'm sure there's better ones, but this is great to me. So shh. So Sheriff Parnell McNamara of the McLenna County Sheriff's Office said, I don't care if these guys are in Timbuktu. We are going to bring them back to McLenna County. Our good citizens do not deserve to be treated like this by this creep. And that is the most Texas statement that I've ever heard. I was going to say that name is the most like Texas sheriff's name I've ever heard in my life. And I usually Parnell. don't like, I usually don't post pictures of like the sheriffs and stuff like on the cases, but I'm going to post his because he also looks like the most Texas sheriff I've ever seen. Ma'am. That was me exactly. He had hat. a hat. Ma'am. He had a hat. A white, <laughs> a white hat. Just white 10 gallon hat. Yep. So... The victims reported like this harassment banned a full year of just like not each victim specifically, but total. Who the has that much were, time? Jeez Louise. I know. Like that's, that's some like serious. Ugh, You're making that life. your job. Like, <laughs> get, get a, a life. life. Get a life. Please. So uh, please. Or don't I'm actually j- lose yours. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> It's the best thing I've heard. Besides <laughs> Sheriff McNamara. So on January 6, 2020, an arrest warrant was served to 56-year-old Andy Castillo in Lubbock, Texas. He had failed to mask his number and his phone was tracked because, you know, it's 2020. He's a dillweed. 2021, my bad. 
<laughs> I'm getting my 2020s fixed up. <laughs> On January 6, 2020, an arrest warrant was served to 56-year-old Andy Castillo in Lubbock, Texas, because he had failed to mask his number and his phone was tracked. He was booked and charged with criminal solicitation to commit aggravated sexual assault of a child because as we know, when it's a crime against a child, the bail can be higher, The they can hold yeah. you, all of the good stuff that we'd like to hear from criminals, like as far as not being able to leave. Yeah. He would later be charged with stalking. He was sending these text messages literally five to ten minutes before he was arrested. Oh, my God. Because he's a freaking disgusting pervert. He was... <sighs> Yeah. It's amazing. It's just so five minutes before you get arrested for they're like, hey, let me see your phone. He's like, one second. Try to delete. Like, uh, (laughs) hilarious. Wait, hold on. And they were crude, disgusting text messages describing to this realtor what he wanted to do to her child because of pictures that he found on social media. So a search warrant for his computer and phone revealed that. Ding, ding, ding. Same IP address because, hey, bud, if you're downloading an app and you're using an app, you're using your internet or you're using your phone, you know, IP address exists. But luckily, like I said, he's dumb. So he didn't know that. So they were like, wait a second. This is you. All of these cases are you. One creepy little sick pervert. So Sheriff Parnell said, I think, shift, shift. It's not like you said shit sheriff parnell said (laughs) and shit and shit well shit demodome over the dimsdale (laughs) demodome i love accents from texas there (laughs) i don't personally want one but i like to listen to it (laughs) they're fun they're very fun and they mean business i feel anyways i digress sheriff parnell said, I think his motive is he is just a dirty, nasty, sick pervert. And that's what this guy is. He is a sicko and he preys on women. When he was arrested, again, again, I I will say I love a dumb criminal, because he submitted a DNA sample to the police before he was transferred to Waco. Want to guess what they found? (gasps) A pop. It popped. Pop, pop, pop. His DNA was a match to the DNA that was collected from the crime scene and the murder of Cynthia Palacio. So immediately, police were like, what the hell? Like, this is not... This little creep's all over the place. Yeah. And they're thinking like, hey, this is a pervert with cyber stalking. Like, he hasn't actually, like, done... He hasn't committed any crime. I mean, he is committing a crime, but, like, he hasn't, like, acted on what he is saying he's going to do to these people, which still just as guilty. But anyways, I digress. But there, prior to this, there was nothing linking Andy Castillo to Cynthia Palacio. There was nothing. No, like other. No if he, they didn't have they the should DNA, have been in the same area. Yeah, there was nothing. He was not even on their radar. Like nothing. Did he have a criminal history? No, not that I found. So. Sheesh. But as our favorite sheriff McNamara said. You know, eventually your day comes. So if you're doing these types of crimes and you are victimizing, you're only going to be lucky for so long. And one of these days, we're going to come knocking. It's going to catch up with you, man. He just didn't realize the karma that was waiting for Andy Castillo when he said this. Because he was not referring to, he was referring to the cyber stalking. He was not referring to the murders. Yeah. They used the they used the DNA evidence that was found under Cynthia's fingernails, the DNA evidence that was on her necklace because he had strangled her, evidence that was on her shirt 
as well as the semen that was found dried on her thigh. Okay, so the under her nails was probably her like scratching him, right? So like her his mm-hmm. skin and stuff. Okay. When you said under her nails initially, I didn't think that. I was like, semen under her nails. No. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Sorry. I should I should further clarify there was no semen under her nails. <laughs> oh my bad. <laughs> It was from where she fought like hell. <laughs> to get this idiot away. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So in December of 2020, this past December, what, four months ago? What month is this? March? <laughs> March. February, January. Yeah. Three months ago. Andy Castillo was indicted on capital murder charges for the deaths of Cynthia and Linda, and he is currently awaiting trial. And I'll definitely do an update once we have more information as far as like sentencing and a trial. But like, man, how crazy. What a shit bag. Yeah, and I know this isn't like a super long, I mean, it, we I have more to say, but yeah, I know like the case itself, but goes to show you could only be a shithead for so long. And then, I mean, I don't know what he was thinking. Like, you know what? I'm going to give this DNA Whatever shit. you do comes back to you threefold. I it mean, if does. that's the case, that guy should have been hit by like a semi as he like skipped across the road or There's something. There's still time for that. Yeah. <laughs> we um, can make that happen. So Linda's mom... I've watched like four epi- or four episodes, four interviews that she's done, and she seems, I don't On know. On drugs? I can neither confirm nor deny that. I don't want to be sued, but it just seems like, she seems about a bit out there. And this is what she said about Andy Castillo. And again, I never want to criticize how someone grieves or handles their grief, moves on following horrible tragedies like this, because I cannot imagine. But she said... I forgive him with all of my heart and I love him with all of my heart, but I do want to pray for you. And I hope that you will accept the Lord one day because the Lord is the one that is going to judge you. And I find quite a few things wrong with that. Like I understand forgiving someone. Absolutely. We've, we just talked about this. We talked yeah, about I was it say, for the past like, two or last three weeks. Week. Yeah. It's important but to, to forgive that, for your own closure. But to say that you love someone. That hard time buying Mm. it. Yeah. Especially when you're not Amish. Yes. (laughs) And when I didn't find Linda speak, when Linda was talking about how she wanted to change, it wasn't for her mom. She said, my mom went to prison and this is why I'm the way I am. That's kind of what I was wondering. I'm like, if she's doing all these interviews, is she like trying to get money? Is she trying? Like, what's what's like the extra thing here? And again, you know, it's her daughter died how she handles that is her business yeah, and, and I, I can't judge that but i don't interesting. know like it just it seems real weird to me and like i i don't want to say i don't buy it but like i don't i don't buy it like you doing an interview like right after this man is arrested saying that you forgive him check that's great i that's fine but like then following it up with like i love him with all my heart i think you need to step back and realize what you just said because your daughter was brutally murdered and i don't think that's what you meant to say and if it is what you meant to say i don't know yeah i mean maybe she did get super religious and just you know you see that a lot with recovering addicts that's true well, because most of like the addiction-based services are also mm-hmm. faith-based. Like, mm-hmm. yes, not, not that there's anything wrong with that. No, there's nothing to each wrong with their that. own. But in in those circles, it's it's like you have to have that, or you won't be clean. Yeah, and anyways, oh. what a bummer! 
And also, yeah, yeah, you're right. It's weird. I get weird vibes from that also. Yeah, it's uh and for everyone's I I don't want to say entertainment, but like I I that's the only word I can think of right now. I'm gonna post a picture, the very like obviously we always do the victims, like we put their faces first when we do our Instagram posts, but I'm going to post this man's face and <laughs> she before we started, she was said I'm not going to tell you what it's about, but I'm going to send you a picture of this guy. And I was like, that guy's seen some shit. Look at those crazy eyes. You, we can, you know, the people that you see and you're like, "Mm, something's not right with him. He just doesn't, something's not right. Yeah. He's only using like part of his brain. I have never in in my life seen a more unfortunate looking douchebag in my, like for, like I've never, like you look the way you do and I'm a hundred percent certain it's because of the karma for how shitty of a person that you are. Yeah. And And I don't feel bad about saying that. It does look like he has boobs. You, it's, it's fine. We don't know if that's, if just the shadow in the picture, but he looks like a very small stature dude with boobs and crazy eyes. Yeah, that's that's you <laughs> and, know, and the weirdest mullet I've ever seen. Like not yeah, even and a I'm cool pretty, mullet. I'm pretty sure, like I we I believe in karma 100, percent and I think that he has had some medical issues. Like in my eye di- like in my eye background and my medical background, he's definitely had some type of palsy or a stroke. Just looking by his face, but serves him right because he's a douchebag, and I I don't feel bad for that. So my Google, my Google is gonna be like. Does was it Andy Castillo have? Uh-huh. Oh, it doesn't come up. I looked. Oh, okay. did Andy Castillo have a stroke? Should I kick Andy Castillo's ass? <gasps> Will they accept a bribe and let me into the prison he is at? What do I have to do to go all to that signs prison? point to no? But I'm thinking yeah, about it. I'm thinking about it because <sighs> I find. It is so like infuriating to me and the cases that I get so livid and pissed off about are the ones where they discard their victims like trash. On the side of the road. Yeah. Like yeah, not even buried, just like chunking out. Yeah. And I effing hate that. I know these people are not like good people. I know. But like to dispose of your victims it doesn't even matter if they're good Ugh. people. Like, no one deserves that except no, for this guy. Not. Yeah, this guy should be thrown to the <laughs> trash, but... We should just kill him and chuck him out of the back of a heavy-duty pickup truck. Yeah, so the one that he was driving, I will gladly volunteer as tribute to run him over with said truck on the side of the road. So if Sheriff McNamara, <laughs> we're listening to this... <laughs> What's up, Parnell? Holla, holla Howdy. girl. <laughs> I will wear a cowboy hat, make an accent. I don't care. But I was. That's probably someone's kink, so whatever. <laughs> and I, you know what? I'm really. We talk a lot about how the justice system fails victims. And this is one of those cases where I found consistently that they were like, hey, we haven't forgotten about you guys. Like, we're you trying. Know, we're trying. Like, we're doing everything we can. Like, they've done multiple inter- like press Those conferences. Those cases are following. always crazy that there's, like, they cannot find one connection, you know? Yeah. Just, like, totally. And they still, because he killings, hasn't, you know? like, he hasn't spoke about it. And if he has, they haven't released it, which I'm assuming is probably because there's a tri- they're building, like, their case for the trial. Yeah. But he has not said, like, 
I'll be, we'll, we'll definitely touch back on this because I have an alert set up for this now on my phone. So once I, like once the trial starts, we'll, I'll do a, like a, we don't like to do part twos, but I'll definitely do a quick follow-up because it's, I'm interested. We, we want to know what happened. Yeah. And I want to know, my questions are obviously like, did he know that they were roommates? Like, did he, did she, did Linda know that he's the one that did it? And that's why he murdered her. Or Ten months like later, a, yeah, like a social media stalking where he just saw her on yeah. the social media. He's like, you know, well, what? think about it. It was two thousand. I mean, two thousand three, two thousand four. Like MySpace and stuff was a thing, oh, but like yeah, Facebook really wasn't a thing. It was it was only for college students then. Yeah, hmm. yeah, we weren't. You had to have that dot edu account. It's for forget, you know, forget how like far we've come in just uh-huh. like seventeen years. Which I will segue the. So this is why, like, I don't use social media as much as I used to. I used to be, I mean, in high school, Megan and I were on MySpace, like, it was our jobs. And this is what had me thinking, like, this is where my cases, like, kind of spiraled because I was going to do a case about, like, meeting someone from MySpace, which, like, I had the sick feeling in my stomach because Megan and I did that so a many lot. times. Like, not like, even just one time. It was like, oh, cute boy from MySpace. Yeah, come to this show. I will come to your house and pick you up. You can come to Megan's house. Like, this is where we stay. Yeah. And we were dumb. We were so dumb. Yeah, we were so dumb. We went out of state, like, without parents knowing. Yeah, like, sorry, mom, if you're listening to this, but like, (laughs) we went to Michigan and we were like, we're on college. Or, sorry, Megan's dad. (laughs) We lied. But like we went out of state. We went to Michigan and like we went, we met a band in Hartford, a band, like dirty, gross band, like a, a band. And young we were like teen band boys. Yeah. What? And for one, they were way older than us. So, well, I, I think they were like 17 and 18. We had just heard, like we were 16, like youths, babies. We went to Michigan State to a frat party. We went there because we were going to go see a show. We told our parents we were at a college visit day. Neither one of us had grades to get to Michigan State. So I don't know why they thought that was a thing. (laughs) They were like, yeah, perfect. Have a nice day. Not only did I get the most expensive speeding ticket of my life that finally (laughs) fell off my driving record like a few years ago, $347, suck it, Michigan. Uh, we ran out of gas. We ran out of gas. Some strange lady had to give us $10. You mean kind lady. It, she was just a Very, old lady yeah. chilling at the gas station. And she was we, like, here's $10. We didn't know how the, we went up there with a tank of gas and that's it. I'll be honest. We drove to the, like we stayed up there. We didn't know where we were. We, didn't no one tell knew anyone we were, we were there. No, yeah. no one knew we were there except for us. Like it was horrible. It was and now hor- as older, wiser human beings, as elder millennials, I'm like, what the hell was I thinking? Social media is scary. It is so scary. So I like I get on it now to like look at stuff and like I'm really into like watching TikTok and like reels. But like as far as like me posting, I feel like I don't post as much as like I used to. I do like a good deal from Facebook Marketplace. Always. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I never add people that I don't know. And that's like what started this is um, I have my stuff, like my profiles locked down. I don't have real names on my Facebook. I don't. 
accept ad follows on Instagram. I don't even know. I don't follow her requests. She feels know. she sees some of our followers. Yeah. So in that's her what, requests. Like, and she's like, and, I feel bad. I just like, I don't want people on my social. I'm yeah. Like, Fine. And like, you Megan can have those have, boundaries. Yeah. And like, I know a lot of our listeners have requested to follow me and like, don't take it personal. Like I just, and I have felt like serious guilt. Like, oh my God, like I don't want people thinking like I'm a bitch or like, I don't. Um, one, I have like hundreds of text messages that I don't even respond to. And like, seriously, she's that person that has the bubble on her text and it says like 285. And I'm like, yeah, that's me. Why are you like this? <laughs> and like, I really am flattered that it's still kind of surreal to me that people I don't know are like, we want to see what's going on in Connie's life. And like, I appreciate it. And I think it's dope. And if it would have been 10 or 15 years ago, I would have been all over it. I have a lot of pictures of my kids on there. And like, I just, I don't think it's something I'm ever going to do. I literally get sick. Like I read this case and I was, it just makes me physically ill thinking that someone could have access to my kids like that. And like, I feel like I should, my kids are getting older. Like my oldest is going to be 11 and he'll tell me like, you can't post this on Facebook or you can't, like if I take a picture on Christmas day, I didn't have any pictures of the boys because they were like, we would appreciate if you didn't post any of these. And we're like, okay. Like, so I want to respect their privacy. And like, I just, I'm actually working, uh, Megan, I'm working on like taking my kids off of that. So I think when that happens, like maybe I'll have like a public account, but like until then, like I just, I can't. And like, I love that you guys want to follow me. Please don't think I'm an asshole because I'm not trying to be, but, and I'm not trying to judge anyone that has like public stuff. Oh, you stuff. mean like me? <laughs> <laughs> but no, I just fine. no and it's I had private Facebook and like private stuff like prior to that just for like personal reasons but I do have a true crime podcast so I know like there's weirdos out there and like you know you can always met if you're like hey what's cardio you just message me on our gruesome Instagram or like email Meg is usually the one that takes care of that because like I said I have like over a hundred text messages I like to read them I'm not good at responding them and responding to them and that's how I live my life I can't handle one alert bubble not being like answered I'm like nope make this go away (laughs) you know it's funny because like when I look at our emails and the stuff that like I do you can tell like it hasn't been read I just like see that it's on there and like that's it and then I can always tell when you've checked it because I come back to the email and it's like cleaned up (laughs) you have like folders for like episodes and like listener mail and all that so an uncluttered email box is like it's one of my things. I feel better when it's like that. I literally have 20,537 emails. <sighs> you should just get a new email. Just start. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Just, <laughs> just clock out of that one. I have, I have different emails. I still have like my b-ball pimpress at aol.com. b-ball pimpress. Pimp- yeah, that's why I said I don't really like that word. Did and your I was like, mom let you? Because like my mom made my first couple emails. No, my mom had no idea I even had email. I kept um, – she couldn't figure out why she kept getting charged for AOL. And I would get the free CDs and just like install it. And then just like she just would have to pay. This is when I was in like fifth grade. I was – Yeah, that's why my first email was sweet PO7. What do you mean? That was your, I remember that was your email for years. Like I know. High school. Yeah, that's sweet PSM. But that was also my first one. I got it in like sixth grade. I had like 10. It's not good. So yeah, we love you guys. But I, I, uh, I'm weird. 
And this is this is why things like this are exactly why I'm weird. This case is why, because these creepy little men with boobs and mullets and crazy eyes will stalk us and send and us lewd like text messages. The audacity of taking like people share pic. I, I do share pictures of my kids on there. So, like taking pictures of someone's kids and being like, hey, no, like that's yeah, that's fucked up. Yeah, I'm going to use my F word to say that's fucking disgusting. So and gross. Mm, it's I worth, hate it. It's worth the spend. It's worth the spend. It's I'm, worth the spend. Sorry. Sh- I said we're ship ship. <laughs> I ship shipped it. But yeah, that's all I have for this one. It's It was crazy to me. It's like, oh, because I, I saw the cyber stalking and I was like, oh my God, 100 realtors? What the hell? How, like, how do you find the time? And then <laughs> I saw your job. like his- his next the art the next article that read I read was like talking about he was connected to a seventeen year old cold case and I was like whoop there it is now I'm invested so now I have to find <laughs> out everything know. about this guy but the first thing I saw was the guy's face and if you've looked at our Instagram before you listen to the email you'll be like damn that face would have caught my attention too because before looks- you listened to the episode you said before you listened to the email oh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, I've had one yingling flight. So. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. So that'll, um, we are going to, again, we're going to start putting these videos somewhere, probably on our Patreon that's going to be launching this week as well. <gasps> oh, yay. I know. Surprise. I told, I told some people it was last week and it wasn't last week. We, no, sorry. We're new to um, this world. Um, Last week, we recorded an entire episode, and I didn't know I wasn't recording through my mic. I was recording through my webcam and for my little perfectionist heart. So if you heard it last week and you're like, damn, Connie sounds like shit, that's, that's why. why. <laughs> I, and I didn't know. I was like, why does this sound so bad? Like, I have a really nice mic. What the hell? After and the then- episode came out, she texted me and she said, so... I recorded that whole episode through my webcam, but you sound really good. <laughs> yeah, you. I, I and I was like, no, that's the worst. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I. Uh, I have such and like we literally we have so much going on in both of our lives right now that we're recording these episodes like the same week they're coming out. So like we had no time. Like we had no time to record because like I writing a. A 10 page assignment paper every week and then also having to record it and edit it in social media mm-hmm. and yeah it's a lot we love you guys so we love you this, we love yeah. that you listen to it it's why we do it it's flattering like it it's, started it started as just us being like let's do this and it has evolved to oh, yes for you for the people <laughs> for the people our devoted listeners our gruesome family the gruesome gang oh <gasps> Oh, is that a thing now? <laughs> hashtag gruesome gang. Can we make this a thing? Like hashtag gruesome gang. Hashtag. I know. <laughs> I have a rubber band on my finger, so I looked real funny. I was, you know, twiddling. And I was like, all right. Thank you so much for listening to gruesome, horrific, true crime. We love you, beautiful strangers. And if you love us too, and you'd like us to keep putting out ad-free content, here are some of the ways that you can help support Gruesome. You can leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. This helps other true crime connoisseurs find us, and you get a I knew them before they were famous moment. 
follow Gruesome Podcast on Instagram and talk to us on our posts. Engage with us. We love to hear from you there. If you'd like to send a donation, we have a Patreon. Sign up to join our True Crime Sticker of the Month Club and to gain access to exclusive Patreon perks. If a one-time donation is more your thing, you can find our Venmo at Gruesome Podcast and our PayPal using our email, gruesomepodcast at gmail.com. Speaking of which, we love hearing from you. It seriously makes our whole life. So send us questions, comments, suggestions, or just ask our opinion on whether or not that person you met on Tinder is a serial killer or not. Tune in next week and don't forget, lock your windows, lock your doors, And on Wednesdays, we're We're gruesome. gruesome. Bye. Bye.